The Greenlight Podcast will see clearly now with Oakley jumping into the podcast game. Head to oakley.com for the greatest shades in the game. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me, try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com, O-A-K-L-E-Y, for more information today. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. There was a lot going on in Studio J today. We had Max Crosby swing by. He talked to Chris and Dr. Fax via the interwebs. What an awesome interview. Had a blast. We had some great questions for him. He answered them all and then some. Really cool to hear from such a good player about his process, how he's improved his game, and then getting clean and remaining sober in the early part of his NFL career. So we have a great time with that interview. You're going to hear that right off the bat. And today, after Max, you're going to hear Chris, Dr. Fax, and Kyle Round up some NFL stories. We're going to talk Saquon. We're going to talk D-Hop. We're going to talk the $8 million NFL gambler. Who could it be? We're going to have a good bit of fun with Kyle. We did record a couple other things with Kyle. You're going to hear that on Friday. We're going to put out a special episode. Please stay tuned. Refresh your feed first thing on Friday. You're going to hear Kyle's Italy recap. You're going to hear a very special draft that Chris, Kyle, and Nate are very excited about. Also, you're going to hear our favorite cookies. Which cookies are our favorite you're going to find out if you tune back in on Friday. A very special three-episode week here at Greenlight. You'll please enjoy and have a wonderful week. So we got a fun show for you today. Kyle's back in town from Italy. Um, he's back stateside. Yeah, we're going to catch up with him. We're going to talk about the the two champs we crowned in the NBA and in the NHL. Um, we got a bunch of stuff for you, but I don't want to bore you with that shit. It's a really good pot, but Max Crosby is one of my favorite players. We've been trying to get him on for a while. We've been missing each other, um, and he came on. And me and Dr. Fax just wrapped that interview we're going to give it to you first because you shouldn't have to wait for it. It was a lot of fun talking to Max Amazing about a dude. whole bunch of stuff. Love Amazing the guy. Dude. Great. Love Interview. the guy. Yeah. He's the homie, dude. He's awesome. So we got Max. Stick around for basketball, hockey, uh, a little bit of football. We're going to talk about Saquon, D-Hop, all the, uh, the the stories that are keeping the, uh, the wheels turning on NFL.com at this point in the year. Here we go. Here's Max Crosby. All right, this man needs no introduction. Uh, he's one of my favorite players and somebody that we should have had on a long time ago, but it's finally working out, and uh, we've got Max Crosby. Max, thanks for coming on. How you doing, bro? Amazing, man. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, that yeah. means a lot, and I agree. We should, we should have done this a while back, but Sorry, timing is everything, bro. We got, dude, I'm, I'm we happy got, I'm here. We're going to have a great talk, and you can come back whenever you want, but... Uh, it's good to see you, and uh, I'm psyched to watch you play this year. Okay, the, the first question I got for you, man, 
uh, are you happier for Jokic and Serbia or for the Vegas Knights? Because you got two championships you can gloat about. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, that's a good question. You know, I, obviously I, I rock with Jokic. He's a baller. He's, you know, he's got Serbian blood. So my mom and, you know, all my cousins and all them are all fired up about it. But, um, yeah, you know, obviously seeing the, seeing the championship in Vegas is incredible as well. So, yeah, honestly, I, I can't pick one or the other, but, yeah. um, you know, probably, probably the Vegas fans, they want me to say the Knights, but, you know, I'm going to have to show my love both ways. You were a Serbian first, that I didn't even know that about you, dude, until I saw you starting to talk in Serbian and all this stuff. Man, that's pretty cool. I didn't know. Jokic has got to be the most famous Serbian ever right now, or is it the tennis guy, you think? Oof. Yeah, I think right now it's Jokic for sure. But there's a lot, man, honestly. Like, just from the basketball side, like, there's a ton of legends yeah. um, who are Serbian. So, yeah, they're holding it down right now for yeah, sure. Serbians are holding it down. Yeah, and no, then, and then so... dude, you got to go to the you got to go to the fucking parade, man, you, to get a little glimpse into the future one day. You should go down to that parade because it is the best thing in sports. If you get a chance to win a title, the game's great, but the parade's better. Is there any chance we might see you down there uh, checking out the Vegas parade? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a real possibility. You know, at first I was like, ah, but I agree with you. You know, we have the Super Bowl this year in Vegas. So, uh, you know, maybe a little preview, you know, when we get down there and kind of feel the energy for Ooh, sure. That's good. That would be crazy. Yeah. When it, yeah. it at, at home oh, in Vegas. That'd be crazy. Tampa did it, but it was during COVID. Oh. There was nobody there. Yeah, yeah this would yeah. be crazy. Have you been to some Knights games? Uh, yeah, I went to, uh, I went to game one, um, of the final. So yeah, I've been to like probably four or five. I didn't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I was a huge hockey fan growing up or anything <laughs> right, like that. Right, but, right, right. um, you know, I was, I, I respect, you know, the sport is violent. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of craziness going on. Um, there's a lot to it. And, you know, I got, I appreciate any sport you now, especially at that level, those dudes are flying around with ice skates on beating the hell out of each other. So, you know, it's a crazy sport and, I definitely respect him. As much as I love your game on the field, dude, it was funny. This like maybe it was this offseason or the last offseason. My dad texted me, he's like, yo, look at Max. And uh and it was you playing pickup basketball. <laughs> and I think he was probably thinking, man, he can't be out here doing this shit, man. We need him. But my first thought was like, damn, dude, this guy's really good. Like you're a real, real basketball player. Can you beat anybody on the Raiders? you know humbly i think absolutely <laughs> absolutely you know i feel like people talk about Devonte adams you know i've heard he can put you know he can play pretty well you know as well but yeah besides him i really you know i don't think anybody can beat me humbly so i watch youtube a lot and one of the channels i watch is nick briz and randomly a few months ago i see this dude nick briz post NFL star D tackle does a run with us or something like that. And I watch it and it's Max Crosby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's getting, I'm not going to lie. He's getting buckets. Defense is a little questionable in those, in those videos. Not going to lie. But one thing I well, had that could have been an effort thing. Yeah. One thing I had to ask you about it. How'd you feel about dunking on a female in a pickup game? <laughs> hey, honestly, 
I was not planning on her jumping at all. You know, she just happened to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Wrong so, Pretty bad, too. You know, it was one of those dunks where when the ball went through the rim, it hit her in the head. So. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. You know, I just jumped and I seen her down there. So, you know, sometimes yeah. it just no, it just happens. No, but I, 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 can't, I can't say. You definitely have game. You definitely Bro, have a lot, a lot of game, man. He's good. It's cool to be tall and have a great wingspan. For sure. And be athletic as hell, dude. Um, and, and at the end of the day, for the YouTube world, he he put a good name out there for, for D-Lyman, I think. Yeah, at, dude. Like, for playing ball. Him and Miles. Yeah, for sure. You see Miles do some of the dunking he's doing after practice? They got a basketball goal out there after the, after practice. Yeah, no, Miles is a freak. You know, he he, uh, he reached out to me uh, when I when that video came out. He's like, bro, we got to run when you come back to Texas. We got that, so. Hey, that's pay-per-view. I, like, seriously, oh, yeah. I don't know why. You remember during the pandemic, it was the the verses yep. that kept us all, like, going. We would stay up late and watch the verses. Uh, I would love to do a pay-per-view of him and Miles one-on-one. And it would be it would be the best thing since Angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark. Honestly, that's the other pay per view I want to do. I want to do that one. I do. I want to do Miles, and I want to do Max. So we'll see if we can get that going. But, dude, yeah. I was I, I didn't know this about you. Okay, uh, you and I had something in common. Well, we have a couple little things in common. But the the road trips used to take used to drive from Texas all the way up to Michigan to visit a lake in the summer. And and me and my pops used to load the truck up, the old red suburban, and drive from LA to Montana to go up to uh, to a lake every summer, Flathead Lake. I'm going there next week. What lake is it in Michigan? And what was that time like for you and your family? Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I grew up on on Lake Lapeer. Um, all my buddies, we all lived on the same, literally on the same street. We played football, basketball, all the time together. And then, um, you know, going into my sixth grade year. Um, you know, unfortunately we had to move, um, to Texas and, you know, it kind of, some things, you know, some things went down. It was, it was a little bit tough, you know, the family and, you know, the economy and everything at the time. So we kind of had to just pick up and go, um, and figure out where we we're going to live next. So we ended up moving to Texas with my grandpa and stayed with him for a year. Um, and me and my brother were like devastated. Like those are all of our best friends. We did everything together. So my mom, you know, big credit to her, like every summer she made a promise to us, like, it obviously wasn't easy at the time. Like, you know, we couldn't just hop on a plane whenever we want, you know, as kids, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that easy, but my mom was like, listen, I'll, t- I'll drive you off. You guys want to go and we'll go every summer and spend a couple of weeks up there and you guys could be with your friends and, you know, do what we do. So we look forward to it every single time. So it was, it was legendary. The car rides were rough sometimes. I'm not going to lie. It was like 20 hour drives, <laughs> but you know, my mom is a, is a trooper. And so, yeah, she would always always take us. It was, it was a good time. That's what a great mom. That's awesome. And who had the aux cord on the ride? Because you're a music guy. You rap now. Who had the aux cord, and when? What was being listened to in the family vehicle? You know, it's funny. My mom. You know, I get. You know, I get everything like from my mom, like from my swag to the music. Like, she's from the east side of Detroit. She's a you know immigrant. She came over on a boat from yeah. you know <laughs> from the East Europe. Like. My mom is, she listens from everything from Tupac to Eminem to like when I was a kid. So I was listening to that when I was young. So yeah. she would be running the Oxford a lot of the times. My mom, you know, she's, she's a legend. You'll meet her. Like every time me and my mom are together, everyone's like, oh my God, you guys are the same. Like, that's just how we are. Like me and my mom are literally like 
twin. So yeah, she's a legend. For I sure. forget where we were, but I think the first time I met you, you were with your mom. Uh, yes. It was uh, yeah. one of those banquets at the Super Bowl or something. She was really cool. I had no idea she had great taste in music. So, <laughs> so you now like you're rapping. You've I've heard some stuff with you and Waller. I heard maybe you and Jacobs did something, but like, what do you listen to now? Because I'm old, Max. I'm 38. So the stuff I listen to, you. <laughs> so what? Who's good in the rap game now? <laughs> who's good in the rap game? Honestly, like I listen to everything, like from rap to R&B. Like I just grew up. Like music is like if you catch me in the locker room, like I have music playing through my phone. If I'm in a hot tub, I got music playing out loud. This yeah. is like that's like the energy I get from music. It just always gets me in the right mood. So I'm listening to everything. Like it can be yeah. from you know some old school rap to like you know future or young thug like mm -hmm. guys like that so i listen to everything but yeah the music thing like i still do it to this day like and i <laughs> like my friends like my friend group all my boys we have like our bachelor party group chat all my boys that you know that came out with me to you know san diego for my bachelor party and I'll just send like a freestyle like once a week and I'll be in the car and I'll be, I'll just send it through. And my boy DT, he's like, bro, you got to do this every week. So I'm like, all right, bet. So we just do it. Like, it just, that's just who I am. Like I love doing, you know, yeah. doing that kind of stuff. And, um, I just love music in general. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a big part of my life for sure. So I have uh, to ask this since, since you do rap and he was your old teammate, what's the chances of you getting on the track with Antonio Brown? Zero percent chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So okay, so, that, that pretty much so. If he sent the money for for sixteen, you're you you're not you're not sending it back. No, no chance. No chance. No chance. All right. He said right. no chance. All due respect. Okay, okay, all so, due respect. Okay. But what, no chance. With all okay. Due respect. What artists? What artists right now? If they did. Like send you a DM and be like, "Hey Max, I heard you. Who rap. would you want I, that to I, be? I, I need, I need eight bars. Who, who would, who would you want it to be? Uh, probably Future. Yeah, Future, Future, Future guy. Uh, yeah, I love Future. I listen to him every day. You know who's my dude, and it's his birthday. I want to shout him out. Is Freddie Gibbs? Is my favorite, probably my favorite new rapper. Uh, you know, and uh, I'll probably do a layup line. I'll go Palm Olive. Okay. Uh, the one with him in uh, Push and yeah. And Killer Mike. And then, um, I like that song. Yeah. But the funny thing about Future, Future, doesn't he have, like, ad-libs? Mad Max. He says, like, I feel like I he think, says Mad if he, Max. If he says that in one of his songs, no, he, he has does. to send Max a fucking DM or <laughs> I something. I think he definitely dude. does in a few songs. Okay, Mad so Max. you said you got your style, your music from your mom. You, you know, he was asking me before, he was like, I want to ask Max who he thinks has the best drip on his team. Who's the who's got the best clothing? Who who the real the real the question real question is, is this: is, is who's, who's got the best who's, who's the best dressed white guy in the in, in the, the NFL. NFL right now? Yeah, the best dressed white guy. Um, <laughs> I think it's a uh, you know me and uh I think it's me and Kelsey. See? I knew he would say Kelsey. Who do you think? Who do you think Chris would pick if you had to go through? If not, he's if, not going to know who I think has the best drip. Maybe he he's does. a quarterback. He's a white quarterback. Okay, Joe Burrow's looks great, but and I think you know, like I'm the kids. The kids all think Joe Burrow looks great, but Joe Burrow looks fucking phenomenal. Travis looks phenomenal. Jason Kelsey, it's like he was raised in a different fucking house. The guy can't even yeah. pack a. He can't, he's got a gym bag on the road. It's like this big. He's wearing khakis and a collared shirt. But um, my favorite uh, dressing guy in the NFL is Gardner Minshew. 
I like that. Because I, like I can pull it off. I can't pull it, you know? I can't pull off some of the, the sauce that fucking yeah, Max has got going on. He has a different or, type of swag. No, so that's a good answer, Kelsey. Even though he's yeah. on the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, Kelsey, he's a, you know, ever since I got in the league, me and him, um, you know, we go against each other every, yeah. you know, twice a year. So at first we didn't like each other at all. And then we had like one conversation and it felt like, we're the same person. We're like, that's okay, usually how it is. Bro, and no. so, yeah, no, we talk about all the time. It's like, yeah, that's my boy. You know, obviously I we're rivals, Trav. but I love that's Trav. my guy. And you know what the thing about, the thing about Trav is he's a smart guy. Cause what he realized was like, fuck, this kid's pretty good. I better get cool with him. So I can, so I can brother-in-law him and talk to him in the TV timeout. Yeah. So he's not busting me upside the head every play. So yeah, I mean, Detroit guy, you know, um, I, I, I was just curious what your take was on this. Like, have you paid attention to Aiden Hutchinson? Because he's kind of living that dream, man. You know, like growing mm-hmm. up in Michigan and then playing for the Lions and, and being pretty damn good. Have you watched him? Have you thought about what that's got to be like for him? Yeah, you know, uh, I watched him a lot, you know, his last year at Michigan, too. You know, I have I was teammates with Mo Hurst and, you know, yeah. some Michigan guys and obviously my family are Michigan fans. Um, unfortunately, but yeah, they, uh, they, they, uh, you know, they were talking about Hutchinson. You got to watch this guy, whatever. And so I started watching him his last year and he was going nuts. Yeah. And, um, you know, him going to Detroit is like, you know, it feels like it's meant to be, um, at the end of the day. And he just, he got better and better as the year went on, which yeah. is, you know, usually as a rookie, it's the opposite. Like they might come out hot and then kind of slow down, but he got better as the year went on. And you could just tell he works his ass off. He plays the game the right way. Um, you could tell he's just going to continue to get better. I think he's a perfect fit, you know, in that, in that system. Well, it's funny because he did get better. And one of the things he mentioned on our pod before he came in the league was he loves standing up. And I like standing up late in my career. I had a D-line coach who didn't let me stand up for a while. Um, but all the fucking receivers are standing up. You, they're the fastest guys on the field. Uh, you know, and I just think you can see more. And it was the same thing that he said. And halfway through the year, he started getting more freedom. And he could stand up a little bit more. And I saw him improve a great deal. He's got an inside-out spin like Max. We like that. Uh, he plays vertical. I love the kid. One of the biggest things that we've been, we've been covering here, we're both going to be dads soon. Yep. Uh, and girl dads, girl dads, and so uh, I know you're a girl dad. I've seen, I've seen the pictures. You got a beautiful family. Uh, I was wondering if you could impart any wisdom or give us any advice on what it's going to be like being a girl dad. Honestly, um, there's nothing you can do to really prepare for it. You know, I was uh, in the middle of the season, getting ready to have you know a, a child, so. I, I knew my work was cut out for me. I knew, especially Rachel, like she was going to have to carry you know, most mm-hmm. of the weight because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be home. And um, just advice, honestly, I would just enjoy every moment because it happens so fast. Like it feels like I, you know, she just got here and now she's crawling around the house and grabbing stuff and she won't stop moving. And now she's like trying to talk and yeah. she's only eight months. So it goes by so fast. So just trying to be present um, as much as you can, I think is the, is the best advice I can give. So here's my girl dad million dollar question. Imagine you're somebody else, you're a grown up with a daughter right now, and your daughter's like, I'm dating somebody on the Raiders, dad, he's coming over for dinner, and you're gonna answer the door. Who do you want that guy to be out of all your teammates that you're like, I'd be okay with this guy dating my daughter in another scenario? <laughs> 
Because the easier Damn. answer is probably like who you wouldn't want. But I'm not going to ask yeah. you that. I can name a lot that I wouldn't. <laughs> Definitely name a lot that I wouldn't. Is there anybody um, on the Raiders? Uh, that's tough. Um, what about little Hunter Renfro? Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> an easy. I mean, Hunter Renfro, like a Daniel Carlson, you know, kicker, just a great dude, family man. <laughs> Uh, those are the type of guys. Those were the exact two people that popped into my head. <laughs> yeah, Carlson I mean those are slam dunks. Red Pro, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you gonna be like the guy at the door that's like you try to throw a little in- intimidation in there, like firm, a little longer handshake, or what's your strategy? Honestly, I I've always thought I would be that guy, but I really don't know. Like I feel like. Just as you know, you have a daughter and obviously she's so young, but I feel like as you mature and get older, like your, my whole mindset has changed so much just in the last couple of years. So yeah, like if she brings some, so I I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss her, if she brings some dickhead over, I'm going to be, you know what I mean? I'll be on his ass. But (laughs) besides that, (laughs) besides that, I'm going to be respectful until, you know. I have to go there. There we go. Yeah, I'm not fucking. If, if damn, Max Crosby's at the door. I don't know. Like, uh, Howie Long had no daughters, so you know everybody was lucky that way. But so you know, man, uh, one of the things I got a lot of respect about you for is obviously, and you've been told this is, you know, you kind of putting it out there, your substance abuse struggles, and kind of like the conversation you had to have with yourself. I had no idea, and that's, I guess, maybe the biggest lesson about people who are going through something like that, that you could do something like you did your rookie year in the NFL, as hard as I know the position is, the whole thing, and be probably struggling under the surface a little bit. How hard was that? When did you know you were struggling? And how how tough was it to put your yourself first? Because I know you checked into rehab in the summer. Yeah, honestly, uh... It's crazy. Just like thinking back, like of where I was mentally, I was in a whole different like space and it wasn't easy at all. Um, you know, I feel like I knew the second I took a drink, like when I was in high school, like I, I wasn't like everybody else. Like I love that shit. And you know, it stemmed just from my, my insecurities growing up. Like I was a super insecure kid. Um, you know, I was never, I was always, I felt like, in the shadow of my brother, like my brother was the star when he, when I was young and like, he got all the attention, he got all the chicks, he, you know, he was the man. So like, I felt like my way to fit in was like, once I had that first drink at a party, I was like, Oh my God, like I could go out. I, I feel confident for once. And like, I love that. So yeah, like literally from day one, I knew I had a problem deep down. Like I didn't know at the time, but like looking back, I was like, yeah, hundred percent. Like I was, just, I loved it. So yeah. Um, it, it's hard, you know, obviously going, you know, playing in the NFL is hard enough, but you know, showing up hungover, like there was <laughs> Mayock probably, you know, I haven't, you know, he's, we haven't talked about this publicly, but like, it is what it is at this point. But when I was a rookie, like I missed a whole day. Like I, I went back home to Eastern and I was like drunk for like two, three days. I was, you know, it was homecoming. I didn't even make it back on Monday for practice and we had to play a game. You know what I mean? And like, I was that, I was so far gone and opposite of what I am now, like just from a preparation and like just mental standpoint. Um, but it's just a testament of, you know, committing and being, and being consistent on a daily basis and 
look at myself in the mirror and realizing like, yeah, this shit is not okay. Um, I knew I had a problem. Um, and the hardest thing is just a menu of a problem, you know, especially in our position, everyone in the world's telling me, Max, you're incredible. You're doing great things. You had an amazing rookie year. And I'm like, all right, cool. But I knew like deep down I was in a really bad place. So that's kind of the hard balance where it's like, all right, do I just keep doing what I'm doing and try to hide this shit as long as I can, or is it just going to get worse and worse? And, you know, it was getting worse and worse. So that was the best decision I ever met, uh, ever made. Like it literally changed my life. And looking back now, it's been over three years and the things I've just, you know, accomplished in these three years are shit I never would have imagined. And I know I'm just getting started. So yeah, it gives me even more motivation, but you know, that's literally what comes first every single day. I, before I go to bed, I say a prayer, you know, and let everybody, you know, in my head, I talk about how grateful I am and how appreciative I am of just being sober and having another day under my belt. And when I wake up, I do the same thing. So yeah, like on the outside world, you know, I'm, I got football, I got all this stuff going on, but like none of that happens unless I'm sober and, and, and doing what I'm doing. So yeah, I'm just grateful to be here in this position because I know it can be taken away and one drink can lead, you know, that just leads down the rabbit hole and I'm going to be, you know, off and running. So yeah, I got to stay close and, and stay, you know, attention to detail, just like if it's a sport or a job or anything else, like that's a whole nother battle that I deal with every day, but it gets easier and easier every day, you know, just being more consistent. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's literally a miracle. Like the fact that I was balling out and was fucking doing, you know, drinking and doing all that shit. Like it's honestly crazy thinking back, but, um, it all happens for a reason. And I'm, I'm grateful. You know, I got to really go through that because now I can help other people. And that's, that's really what it's all about. And is the selling point of sobriety, is it, is there, obviously it's, you've accomplished so much and things are probably more efficient for you and all that shit, but like, is there a piece like, you know, like you're feeling like the way you feel every day where you used to be chasing that one feeling, like is the piece of just being sober and feeling like yourself? Like, you know, is there something in there that you're like, oh, I hadn't been this guy in a while. I, I forgot what that felt like. And it's kind of great. No, hundred percent, man. Honestly, it's like, it's like my superpower. Uh, we talk about this all the time. Like it's crazy. Like my whole childhood, I was over, like I was, I was the, you know, the redheaded kid, chubby kid. I never like, I was always insecure and I just grew up that way. And I was never comfortable in my own shoes. And I was always looking for something to fill that, you know, whether it was, you know, when I was a kid, I loved to eat a lot because it made me feel better because I was insecure. And then I was like, I all, I started drinking smoking and doing all this shit. And like, I was constantly chasing something that was, you know, just a negative, um, you know, part of my life. So yeah, like now, like I'm 25 years old and like, I've been clean for over three years and like, I know who I am as a person. Now. I'm still le- like, I'm learning on a daily basis, but like, I'm comfortable in my own shoes. I'm not worried about the past. I'm not worried about the future. I'm literally just worried about today and getting better. And like, all those things, like all my goals and all the things I want to achieve. If I just keep doing what I'm doing and staying consistent on a daily basis, I know I'm going to get to those things. Um, and it's honestly, it's, it, it's crazy. Cause I never thought like in my brain <laughs> when I was a kid or like even in college, like I never knew I was going to stop drinking. Like in my head, I was like, damn, I'm going to just keep with, rolling with this until the wheels fall off. Yeah. But now it's like, I'm accomplishing things I never would have imagined just by committing to myself. Like it's honestly out of self-respect. You got to be selfish in a way when it comes to your sobriety, like that comes first before anything. And I'm taking care of myself now and I see things so much more clear and I could think and make real life decisions and I could be a father and I could, 
you know, I'm not second guessing when I wake up, like, Oh shit, what I do last night? It's like, yeah. no, I'm in control of my life. And you know, it's, it's honestly the coolest thing on the planet, man. You know, congratulations a thousand times, dude. And I remember when you signed that, that big deal, it was like two years almost to the day or maybe to the day yeah. uh, that you, you, that you embarked on this journey of sobriety and and I, a little levity here. Uh, I remember we shared a laugh about a year ago because I was congratulating you on Twitter for your deal. And I had seen Will Compton had congratulated you. And he decided to finish the congratulations with an emoji of a glass of liquor. <laughs> Fucking idiot, dude. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. I'm. I'm that's just that's just will i, I had mean, to take him for a walk sweet, that's will compton. i had to take him for to a walk i had to take him to the <laughs> fridge i'm the only guy that's ever taken will compton for a walk <laughs> yes i was crying laughing bro i, I forgot about that yeah, I did, but yeah that's I did just too, will. Until we were prepping for the show and i was like holy shit will um <laughs> but you know your rookie year i think i had mayock on a couple weeks ago i love mike and you know we were talking about you and and, and cleland and you know, I can empathize with, with Farrell and, you know, the pressure of being a high pick. Like, you know, for me, for a year and a half, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And people were like, what's up with this guy? And then you get on a roll. and you, But it never happened for him. And I know for you, you came on right away. Was there any element to that of being like, hey, a little bit of pressure is off me. Everybody's looking at this guy. I just got to get out here and play hard and make some plays. Like, was there any of that? with your rookie year and and how did you support each other yeah you know please to this day is one of my one of my best friends yeah. you know he came to my wedding it's my that's my dog and yeah. uh it's uh it's tough man you know obviously in the league it's not easy and everybody you know he was a ted hendricks award winner in college yeah. top five pick um so when he got drafted and then i got drafted i'm like okay I'm going to have to fight real hard because they drafted a dude in four, you know, fourth overall. Um, I'm gonna really have to get it out of the bottom, but like, that's what I'm used to. Like, yeah. so at the same time, I'm, I came out of you know high school and I have one offer and I started at the bottom and I had to work for that shit. So like, that was nothing new to me. And like deep down, I've always had true confidence in my ability to play football. Yeah. Um, so mentally, like I was in that space where like, I'm going to find, I'm going to figure it out regardless. But you know, having Cleed going through what he went through, I know it was tough. And being with him every single day, like he had all the pressure in the world, and especially with Raider fans, like they're like Philly fans. They do not play. Like yeah. if, if you have one bad game, they are on your ass until you make another. You know, until the next Buddy. game starts. Like I it did an autograph stop. signing with him, and it was insane, dude. The people, <laughs> they, I'm like, bro, this is insane. It's like another version of Philly. Yeah, it's it's literally it's very similar. Like they're ruthless. Um, and I, you know, as a rookie, especially a guy like him, he's come from Clemson, a program where, you know, the coaches are very like positive and they bring the builder guys up. And like, then you go to this, it's a whole different environment and you got all this pressure and all the eyes on you. Like, I can't even imagine, you know, I, I wasn't in his shoes. I can't tell you his yeah. story, but I know he went through it just on a daily basis. And I was always there for him trying to give him, you know, just motivation and trying to like talk to him in a different place because, I know it was hard for him seeing me have success and all the fans were gravitating and hyping me up. And I can't even imagine, you know, I, I know that was hard for him. So yeah. I was just always trying to be myself to him. I was a friend first before any of that started. Like we went through the you know, draft process. We were at the combine together. Like that was my boy. So I always just try to, 
put things in perspective and, and, and keep them, you know, positive, even though it was hard sometimes. And like, you know, going into my second year, like it kind of flipped, like I had all the expectations, you know what I mean? And so after my rookie year and then I was, you know, come, I literally went to training camp out of rehab. Like I was overweight. I was, you know, just trying to live life sober. And like, I felt like I had a sophomore slump, you know, it was a, I took a step back. How heavy did you get? Bro, when I checked into rehab, I was like 285. Damn. Like I was big, bro. Yeah. And yeah. So like I had, I was literally in rehab to like April. And then I went to half, it was basically like a halfway house, like with sober living all the way up until July. So like, I was just trying to just stay sober. It didn't matter what that looked like. So, and then you go into an NFL season and the COVID hit and like all the fans were on my ass now. Like I was not playing at the level I wanted to. I knew I wasn't at my best. And like, that's just like the NFL, man, you know, this, they build you up to break you down and that's just what it is. And you got to be able to withstand that storm. So Klee got to kind of see it my second year where I was you know, struggling and going through it. And, you know, that just made us closer at the end of the day because we were both there for each other, you know, at our hardest times. You brought up that period. And just to go back to it for a second, another guy who's going on his way is Darren Waller. And, yeah. you know, that's got to be an incredible bond that y'all had, you know, in the, the commonalities and also like, it's two dudes who are like the most popular football players in Las Vegas trying to stay sober and stay out of trouble. Like, yeah. did you ever stop and think about that? Like where you guys are? And then, and then it's really cool that he's going to New York wearing 12. Uh, there's symbolism there. Um, what was y'all's relationship like? And, 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 uh, and how big of a deal was he to you? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like you said, like that whole, it's like out of a movie, you know, type shit. And mm -hmm. I remember my rookie year when I was going through it, like I could just tell looking at Waller, like he knew I was going through something and, you know, he might have, like, I was just, I was going through what I was going through. And I seen him like, and in the back of my head, I knew I eventually was going to have to stop. Like, this is not going to last forever. And it was just getting worse and worse. And then, you know, he went public about his story and like, I think training camp and like, he's talking about this and, I was doing, you know, pills and all this stuff. And I'm like, damn. And like, look at him now, like he's killing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I looked up to him like crazy. Um, and so when I got, when I got clean, you know, we got into meetings together and to this day, we Tuesday nights, we do meetings together and awesome. it's like, it's crazy, bro. Like literally that dude has been through a ton. I've been through a ton and having two, you know, two people in the locker room, you know, being sober and having, you know, a lot of attention and, going through all that shit, like me and him can relate on that level. So yeah, we talk about all that shit all the time. Like it's not easy, you know, from everything, you know, you got all the distractions, you got all the people trying to, you know, get one piece. You got all this stuff going on and being able to handle that in a sober mindset is not easy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not easy in general. And, you know, being in Vegas is just like added shit on top of it. But you know, just the fact that he was able to able to stay clean out here, I've, I've been able to stay clean. Like, it's, it's nothing but a blessing, and I, I love Waller to death, man. That's that's my boy. Well, one of the things that I, I when I watch you, I'm like, man, this is a really cool skill. I was never a guy because of the defenses I played in. I didn't play vertical in the run game enough. Sometimes I I would I would play the fuck out of blocks, you know. But Max, he's just like shot out of a cannon. He's he's flying three four yards up the field. I know Rob Marinelli might have had Rob something Marinelli. to do with that at, at some point. The OG, 100%. yeah, he's a beast, yeah. but. But like you rack up a ton of TFLs. So when the ball snapped and it's a 50-50 down, what's your mindset? 
Yeah, honestly, you know, it's it's simple. Like Marinelli's way of of coaching is you stop the run on the way to the pass. Yep. Like we're getting off the rock regardless, and it's all sim, uh, stimulus response. We're not thinking, stimulus okay, response. predicting. I've heard like that it's not good. run game. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not thinking, okay, this is gonna most likely gonna be a run. It's like no, I'm getting yep. I'm getting off the rock, yep. and I'm gonna react, and that's just doing the same shit over and over in practice. So once you get into the game, it's not, I'm not thinking about, all right, are they doing this in this formation? Are they going to, it's like, no, like I read my key and I'm going, if he steps down, I'm running a thousand miles an hour down the line. If it's, you know, there's obviously tendencies and stuff like that. I study alignment, but most of the film I watch is me. And if it's a 50, 50 down, like you said, like it doesn't, there's no such thing. Like I'm literally, I'm getting off the ball. 49. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. Like obviously there's certain situations, you know, it's most likely a pass things like that, yeah. but I'm always um, you know, I've just being disruptive. Like that's how I pride myself on. That's how I four man rush is what made me my money in this league and what's continued to make me, you know, better and better players. Just the simple things. Read my keys, a get off, change of direction, like literally the most simple things. That's what I pride myself on. And it's, you know, I take it. I take it so serious and I preach it to all the young guys and all the dudes that are coming in. And, you know, I want everyone to be playing on that with that mindset. I'm going to make the play. I'm going to get off the rock. We're going to fly to the ball. If it's a screen, I'm going to be the first motherfucker there. I'm going to knock his helmet off. Like that's how I play the game of football. And that's how I'm trying to get everybody, you know, on that same, same wavelength. I was just talking to Marinelli today, by the way, he, Dude, he's he just awesome. said, you know, we talk all the time. Tell him I like, said, what's uh, up? I like Rod. Hey, Mike Waffle, my yeah. coach in uh, St. Louis was he just repeated half the shit that Rod said. So when I hear stimulus response, I mean, there's probably <laughs> yeah. more than one thing that he's heard that I've Marinelli heard. Marinelli coached me That in was Chicago. your boy in Chicago too. Yeah. And then before yeah. Chicago, um, Joe Cullen was my coach yep. in, in, uh, um, down in Jacksonville. Joe's another legend. Joe's off of the Marinelli yeah. tree. Like everything, it was a smooth transition for me going from. He's Jacksonville the wild to branch. He's the guy that ended up in the drive-through naked. Yeah, Joe Cullen. yeah uh, So, so Max, did you guys ever play with your tracks? Like, do you like to to vary your tracks in the pass rush? What I mean by that is like we call them speed tracks, tilt tracks. You know, like depending on what kind of rush you're 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 looking to go with or the situation. Like, and by that I mean. Are you are you tilting in and aiming at the tackle's outside shoulder? Or are you trying to beat him to a spot up the field? Do you vary that? Yeah, I vary it. You know, honestly, um, every tackle is different. Yeah. And like what I've learned, especially now getting more attention in chips and slides and things like that, um, I got to pay more and more attention to how they're going to block me. Yeah. And that's why watching film is, you know, I could watch the other team. I could watch a right tackle play 10 games and I'll go into the game. He'll do something completely different because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like there's, you know, I know they're going to try to do different shit to me and try to slow me down. So yeah, when it comes to like my approach, um, I like to have every move in my toolbox ready to go. Like, that's why I take the off season. Like I started January 30th. I've been going nonstop and there's obviously there's, you know, up and ups and downs, deload weeks, things like that. But like I do it all year round. So I'm able to, have the flexibility, the cardio, and all to do all these moves, so I can spin both ways. I can I have my speed to power. I have all these moves in my toolbox. So no matter what the situation is, I have an answer for it. If a guy wants a jump set, I got an answer for that with a spin. Whether it's off two steps or four steps, like that's I, I really try to just maximize my like my toolbox 
to the farthest extent. So like, yeah, like we're playing, for example, we're playing Seattle this year and they got this rookie, you know, they're talking, you know, they're hyping them up. Like Rob, Rob Ryan came to me early in the week. He's like, this, this Lucas kid, like he, he might be the best tackle we faced all year. And I'm like, but so I was, I took that as a challenge and we started the game. I started with speed to power, speed to power, speed to power. And then as the game went on, I started tightening my alignment because he's long. Like this is a big, like big athletic kid. I started tightening my alignment because he was just, he was athletic. He was bailing out of there and waiting on the speed. So I've just gotten to a five and I was one step and getting off and getting on an edge and I was beating him every time. And so once I started beating him with that, I'm like, okay, it's 50 seconds on the clock, third and 10, we got to get a stop. I wind back out and I just sprinted off the ball. And I, I beat him a swipe like eight times. And he thought I was about to hit him with a swipe again. And he was sprinting out of there. And I, you remember, I, I got I know, like a, hell, You got helmet, helmet right in his chest. Him. And I think yeah. he had a strip sack or maybe uh, took the ball off Gino or something. Yeah. And so it was just like a, it was a speed to power, but it was setting it up during the game. And that's yeah. kind of like, that's what I, you know, that's just one example. Um, you know, I always, especially during the game, I feel like the best guys like know how to adjust, like, and having all those in my toolbox, I work it all week. Like, okay, sometimes I'll align a little bit wider. Sometimes I'll be tighter, just depending on what kind of guy they are. Um, and every matchup is different. So I really just try to have all those tools ready um, when the game comes and, you know, just go from there. You know, I found it's funny you say that because, like, a lot of people are all, you got to have a plan. And you do have a loose plan, but it has to be very pliable to where you can change your, your approach in the second quarter because – you know, to me, we used to always watch cut-ups, you know, like you guys are watching guys around the league, and I hate sack tapes. Okay, because first off, the best rushers aren't sacks. So, you yeah. know, I'm watching these guys. I'm like, all right, well, this guy just turned it 10 yards, and he got fucking lucky. The quarterback drifted. But also, not everybody can do everybody's shit. And sometimes you'll be watching a guy, and you'll be like, well, this guy's anchor is suspect. Then you get out there, and you stick a long arm in his chest, and you're like, damn, this guy's like a brick wall. So you got to have like uh you know your 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 off speed pitches and you got to be able to go to them and you got to be able to go to them within a play so I think it makes a lot of sense and yeah I guess with all your tools is there one that feels the best when you hit it clean Honestly like I start the game I'm thinking okay I'm speed to power I'm going to hit him in his face three times in a row just to let him know like yeah I'm I'm going to be here all day and I have and that of immediately a tackle is going to be like, all right, I got an anchor in this motherfucker. Yep. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm my stab to swipe. I'm, when I, I learned it in college, we called it the voodoo rods. It's a fake rod to swipe, um, but it's just a stab swipe. And like, that's when I hit that clean, like I feel like that move is like unstoppable when I'm getting off the ball, stab and swiping. Yeah. That's, I love that move. Cause I'm coming clean and I've, I've gotten a ton of sacks off that. The feeling of your right wrist, just knocking down some big guy's arm is just like, oh, home free, dude. And then you've got the ability to turn that that edge at the top, which is rare ability. What's it like going to Von Miller's camp? And like how much freedom of information is there? And are you worried at all about like you tell somebody in the AFC West what you like to do, and then they go back and tell, uh, you know, Orlando Brown or something? Or do you, do you protect it at all? Or is it just like free flowing ideas? Yeah, honestly, it's, well, first off, your first question, like the, the camp in general is incredible. Um, I've been going, it's my fourth year now. Yeah. Um, and me and Vaughn have gotten super close over the years. So um, he's a great friend of mine. And that dude is just a, he's a football mind. Like it's, he sits there and can talk football all day, all day, all day. So it's incredible. And 
you know, when it comes to that, like, I'm, this is another Marinelli one. It's all about us. Like, that's just my approach. Like, shit, you think you can know what I'm doing, but like, it's all about me. If I do my brushes the right way, I don't give a damn what you, you're going to bring. Like my mindset is I'm going to find, I'm going to beat you regardless. So yeah, like I'm, I'm not sitting there hiding, you know, secrets from certain guys. Like when we're at the camp, like everybody's just free game. Everyone's talking. We're walking on the field for an hour and a half, two hours, and literally just walking through stuff and talking over, you know, what they see, what their approach is from a two point, from a three point, what guys like, what moves, you know, in critical moments they like to pull out. And then we go in the film room and watch film for three hours. And like, I'll go up there. Then Michael Parsons went up there. Then Cam Jordan goes up there. Bong, like all the best rushers in the league, just literally talking football. And it's, it's incredible. I got freaking, I got pages and pages of notes from this weekend. Um, and I look forward to it every time it's, it's a hell of a time, but yeah, Vaughn is like, Vaughn is one of those dudes who's so like, he's just a football like junkie. Like he truly loves it. And just looking at his career, like that's a dude who I aspire to be like, he's won multiple super bowls. He's a hundred plus sack guy. Yeah. He's consistently in the pro bowl. Like that's the dude I look up to. And, uh, you know, I just, I just want to pick all the best guys, you know, brains. Like at the end of the day, I Aaron Donald, Micah, you know, all those guys. Like when I first got in the league, I hit up all those guys. And like now they're all, that's the only people I talk to. I talk to TJ, yeah. I talk to Nick Bosa and like me and Nick talk all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like another example, Vaughn called me. Um, it was our bye week and we just played the chiefs and I got two sacks versus Wiley. And he called me and he's like, yo, I just watched your game. We got the chiefs this week. Like, what were you seeing? What were you doing? Blah, 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 blah. He goes out there and I'm, this is my bye week So I finally get to just sit there, watch Sunday, you know, watch red zone. And I'm watching the bills uh, versus chiefs. Vaughn goes out there. I, and you can pull up the clips. Like we did the same exact spin move. The lineman felt the same exact way. Like yeah. and I'm going nuts in my house. I'm like, let's I'm screaming. And then he gets another one and he, he ended up getting two sacks and he, the literally I'm sitting there on the Norman sacks in my room and he calls me on the plane. He's like, bro, I was fucking thinking about it when I was gone. Like it was, crazy. and we were just hype. And so, like, that's what it's really all about. It's just giving back to the game. And you know, I just I try to associate myself with the best in the game and and learn whatever I can. Dude, listen, how cool is that? A couple years ago, you're a guy at Eastern Michigan. Now you got Von Miller hitting you up. Like I was inspired by Max Crosby's rush plan. All right, I gotta let Crazy you go in a second, but I, I I'm gonna ask you two about two teammates. First one, Chandler Jones, one of my favorite rushers. Uh, one of the guys that you're like, don't try this at home. Like, I'm watching his shit, and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do that thing. Yeah. You know, like, like, I can't do that shit, bro. Like, but I know you love Chan, and um, I'm wondering how excited you were when you first found out he was going to come play with you. Oh, I was I was going crazy. Um, you know, when we first signed him, I, I was sitting in the room with uh, Rob Ryan, and we're watching film and talking ball. And I was going to him last off season. I'm like, yo, keep making me a cut up of this guy and this guy. And like, I'm literally in the office. I go, I want a cam Jordan and Chandler Jones. And he's like, oh, I bet. So we're just shooting the shit. 10 minutes later, Josh McDaniels walks in the room. He's like, we just, we just uh, signed Chandler Jones. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I swear to God, bro. It's crazy. I'm looking at Rob. I'm like, Wow. No fucking way. Rob's like, he just fucking has And he's going nuts. And it was crazy. So I got him on the phone immediately. And me and Ch Chan's another guy. Like, me and Chan for years have been in contact. And we talk, like, all the time. So, when we, you know, when he got signed, I was like, fuck, yes. I'm yeah. excited. And, yeah. 
he's like my best friend. Like me and Chan are like, we can't ever, we do everything together during the day where meetings, you sit next to each other. And like, if you know Chan, like Chan's like a big child. Like yeah. he's the funniest, funniest human I've ever met, bro. Yeah. He's hilarious. And he's just such a good player, man. He's got so much. And like you said, he's one of those rushers. I can't go do what Chan does. Like I can't go do what Bond does. Like Chan will grab, he will long arm you and grab your feet or your neck and throw dudes off their feet. Like, he does shit that's not even human. Like yeah, it, it doesn't even that. make sense. <laughs> I can't coach that. Bro. It's crazy, bro. And, and and you got one more freak in nature joining you guys in Tyree Wilson. And I got to be honest, he was maybe my favorite guy in the draft out of all the rushers. I just his length and you know some of the twitchiness that he showed. His his, his scheme he was in was a little bit more like reading and. He'd be playing down in a four, covered up, and that sort of thing. I think he's going to be really fun. What have you seen so far from Tyree? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, just purely off of physical gifts, like, the dude's a freak show. He's 6'6", 275. He makes me look small. <laughs> so he's just like a – he's a monster. Um, and like you said, like, in college, he was in that in that scheme where he was playing kind of all different positions, and he was square a lot of the times. He wasn't getting off the ball like crazy. I feel like coming into our system, you know, we're mainly a four you know four man front now, and I'm just excited to get on the field with him. Like he's been you know getting back, he's trying to get to 100. percent He's almost there, um, but I want to get on the field with him and just work get off with him and just because he could be so dangerous and so disruptive. Um, if he just gets the little details, you know, if he takes it super serious and focus on get off and just the little details, reading your key, get off, run into the ball. Like that dude's going to be successful. Um, so I'm just excited for him. Um, we brought in six rookies, you know, we brought in kid from Bama, Byron Young, we brought in uh, Nesta from Arizona state. We got like a ton of guys now in the room and, um, it's been super exciting. The OTAs went great. Um, and I'm just fired up, you know, camp. Camp's right around the corner, so we're, we're we're fired up over here. And we just can we get Ngakwe signed? He's a fucking dog, dude. I don't understand what the deal is. He's all he's done is produce since he's been in the league. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, bro. Yeah, so it's crazy. Where do you want to see him? You got any like? I'd love to see him in this uniform, that uniform. Um, honestly, you know, I think Jan is. You know, he wants to be on a winner. Um, I know he's. I think it's year nine for him, eight yeah. or nine now. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, he, he's about gonna. I feel like he's gonna sign with a contender in training yeah. camp. So I'm not sure where, but you know, Jan is my boy. You yeah. know, I love Jan. Yeah, he's big. Um, one of the most passionate, you know, yeah. crazy dudes I've been around. Um, but I love him. You know, yeah. it's my dog. We so, he, this year in India when we played. You know, I got to see him after the game, and you know, me and him. That was it. Was like me and Chandler. You know, obviously cool. completely polar opposite person. Yeah, but. You know, just another dude you get to share the field with. Um, you know, you you'll have that relationship forever. So Being yeah, wherever he goes, bro, man. he's gonna he's yeah. gonna do well. Being a D lineman fucking rocks. You get some you get some roll dogs and stick with them, man. Great uh, fraternity. Yeah, Max, man. Thanks for the time, dude. We wish you the best of luck this year. Try to get a little downtime, bro. Um, and uh, we'll be watching you. Come back soon. Good luck. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, good talking, you, dude. Yeah. Yep. Cash app. The easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people, and that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies, and we all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an easy way to send and spend money 
save and invest in stock and Bitcoin. Cash App, however, does not provide a dry pair of pants. You want to remember that when you get off the river. Try the number one finance app in the App Store. Whether sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, or gifting, that's money, and that's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today to create your own cash tag. Good news, the Thursday show we do with AMP will continue 4.30 every Thursday. The Greenlight team, Cowboy Reed, Fax, Kingston, uh, I'll pop through there sometimes. On AMP, you can interact with us really easily. There's a call-in button. We invite call-ins all the time. You can talk directly to us, ask us questions, ask us our favorite music. We might even play some. There's also a live chat during the show. If you have a question about a topic we're talking about, fire it off in the chat, we'll answer. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing what we've been doing all fall, uh, every Thursday at four thirty on AMP. Uh, check us out. I'm so excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. You all know I spend a good bit of time on the river and in the woods, and I need something that protects the eyeballs but gives me a clean, fresh look. Oakley's are changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train? Just want to look like your favorite athlete like, uh, I don't know, Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, uh, Justin Jefferson? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, there's more than meets the eye. Here on the show, we're all about looking good and playing good and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. We don't leave our house in the morning without our Oakleys. And since it's officially almost summer, you need to upgrade your sunglasses game now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. I rock the Sutro TIs because they have a solid style that fits my work play way of life. They look great when I'm in the field at softball and I'm on the river enjoying a float, but they also come in clutch whenever I need to look professional. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me, try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com, O-A-K-L-E-Y, for more information today. We've got two champions that got crowned this week, mm. which of course means we're at that point where we're, we're off the ledge and we're into the great abyss where we're going to watch baseball. I got my baseball futures. Uh, I had Matt calculate, am I fucked on all of them? I put five baseball futures in before the season thinking it'd be a lot of fun to like track a baseball team because I love NFL uh, win totals. Mm -hmm. And uh, we put these baseball win totals in. I feel like betting baseball win totals is good because by the time I lose my money, I'll blame it on the old me. Like it takes so long. (laughs) That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like I could be dead by the time these. Got an out. Like, you know, my bookie's got to talk to my wife. Mm -hmm. Like my baby Gronk fade. Um, no, I think your bets are in some trouble. So yeah. you, made, you made five bets. Yeah, they are. You bet the Cardinals over 88. They're now projected for 74 over wins. Over on the Cardinals win total, dude? You yeah, the, dude, the Cardinals are always good. I don't know what asshole told you to bet that. Yeah, producer Scott. 
No, it was actually Corporate me. Corporate Greg. So. You did? Yeah. No, Corporate, Corporate Greg Cardinals. told me the other ones. Uh, Mariners, you bet over 87 and a half. They're projected right now for 82. Okay, that can change. So that's going to come out in Seattle eventually. That can change. <laughs> yeah, you have three that are not bad. The Mets right now, you they bet. They lost like nine of the last ten. You bet over 91 and a half, and they're projected for 81. So that's. That could change, though. Because they're a good team. Possible. Cardinals are a bad team. I feel like the Cardinals Mets are is the only one team. that I would say is over. Like okay. you can't win it. Done. The Red Sox, you bet under seventy eight. I think and that's a half, gonna track. And they're projected right now for eighty one wins. Eighty one okay. and eighty one. They've been, so they've been trending down. They always trend up at the end though. And then last one you bet Blue Jays over ninety one and a half, and they're projected for ninety. I so feel good about really that. Close. I feel good about that. Yeah. So if I think if you're lucky, you go two for three. Okay, so I'll explain this to my wife and kids in the event that you know, in the next five years, I pass away before these bets uh, finish. Because the, the the baseball season's too long. You know, it's just too long. Uh, I don't know, bro. Futures, we're, we were talking about the champs. Fun. Huh? We were talking about the champs, right? What champs? The Nuggets. The Nuggies. I wanted to... Yeah, let's talk about the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic. Luke's favorite team. Jokic. And... Jokic. Uh, Jokic. I just want to say this from the outset. I think basketball is in a great place. And I think when you look at this this uh, postseason, okay, the playoffs were nobody can argue with this. They play were fucking game. awesome. The, the playing play game, game was great. Yeah, that changed. The, the Heat the, were in the playoff. The playing I, game. I know they it lost changed the their dynamic. first one, didn't they? Yep. Yeah. They lost their first one. So yep. like, you can't say the playing game doesn't matter. You can't yep. say there's no good teams that'll come out of the play, playing game. The playing game is interesting. Um, you know, I think when you look at the the health of the game, the finals ratings are down a little bit. Okay, last year you had Steph Curry, Tatum, uh, you had you know uh, two pretty big markets, um, right. but this was a really good and, final. Even and the went, overall averages for the playoffs this season are up year on year. Like if you take every game that was watched, NBA is in good shape. And and I thought you know the, the series went five, but after two games, I don't think you knew how how long this series would go. Mm -hmm. the, and I think it's better when you have an eight seed like. Uh, David and Goliath, because then at least you're rooting for something, you know, unlikely. Uh, and if it goes five, it goes five. But I, I think the NBA is in a really good place. Uh, you've had the last couple of years, and this is a big one, um, two foreign MVPs, mm -hmm. two out of the last three years. And Weminyama's coming to the league now. Uh, is Doncic next? You know, like I don't know, but this is really good. The game is all, global. It's here. They have to. They have to change the All Star game to USA versus everyone Amen. else. Like Probably. I feel. I feel like that's the next thing I that makes Detroit versus that, everybody else. That will make. <laughs> that honestly will make everyone be like, okay, this is entertaining. Like these are the best players in the world. Then you have the best guys in the world from America, and then everyone, everyone else. Here's a wrinkle. You lose the next year. You have to go on the road. You sound like a nationalist, bro. The captain of the international team hosts the All-Star game. Oh. So it happens in Paris if <laughs> Weminyama's that dude. Here's another thing about it. Um, I think I think we have to talk about this because, you know, Jokic, he's the best player in the world right now. People are talking about him like he's the best player in the world right now. Uh, it was Joel Embiid the length of the season. You know, just a month or two ago, I felt like Joel Embiid MVP. was the best player in the world, albeit it was a regular season award. Uh, Giannis was the best player in the world before yep. that. So think about the way this is cycling through. We've got dudes. Well, we have dudes, but what we have is a power vacuum that was left by LeBron not being in his prime anymore. And I think like it just speaks to two things. Number one, how dominant LeBron was that every year you could just say without a shadow of a doubt he's the best player in the NBA for yep. a stretch of a decade plus. 
And now it just reinforces how rare it is to have that because you have this power vacuum and you have a different player every year that's going to be the greatest player on the planet. And exactly so I think, right. That's why we've had five champion, different champions in the last five years. Yep. And I think the, the, him leaving his wake, um, it's obvious that the NBA is in a good place. It was in a great place with LeBron. And I think that's the big question that everybody wants to answer. It's like in the NFL right now with all those quarterbacks that are you know, going to retire, like Brady, Breeze, um, Rivers, all those guys, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, that whole class, you know, they go, they move on, and you wonder who's going who's gonna to take over and, and is the NFL going to be in a good place? And it is, and so is the NBA. And I think it, it just take this Turns out they're still making talented fucking kids. Yeah, but, it, you know, it's like, and the NBA is going to lean on this international thing, grow the game, and they're going to be just fine. And I wondered how it would be without LeBron being the top dog. Would it be as interesting? I thought this was a really interesting uh, playoff. And I think for Jokic, there's a lot of talk about is he an all-time great. To me, we wouldn't be having such a hard time with this uh, if, if he were uh, an American player not playing in a market like Denver. Yep. Um, this guy has won now two uh, MVPs, he, uh, he, three MVPs. He almost won three in a row, right? He's got two league yeah. MVPs, one final MVP. Two league yeah. MVPs. He almost won three in a row. He's got a finals MVP. He's an NBA champion. This puts him in, in rare, rare company. Yeah. Um, but what people don't notice, like, are like what people like fail to really put out there is that on top of his stats, he's a guy that he makes everybody better around him. Yeah. Which, like, in like a lot of times for MVPs, like it can be a solo act where a guy is like just really good by himself. He can take over a game. Mm -hmm. He can score points. He can get rebounds and stuff. But pad, this yeah. this dude, he literally averages a triple double. And averaging a triple double and not being a dominant scorer alone means you're making everybody better. You're Making he's one of the everybody best in the game. And he's he's a big player like Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's an incredibly talented player, and he's asked to essentially sit on the baseline and play the dunker role and guard the other team's best player. It's a lot easier to do that when you know the ball yep. is going to find you. Yep. And that's like, another thing that makes That's why this, people cut. And that's another thing that makes Jokic so great, in my opinion. In the era of super teams, in the era of great teams that are stacked with two, three blue chip players, Denver is not a super team. Denver's, you know, um, our, our, our champion from before this this whole thing kind of started trending that way. I mean, Murray's great. Okay, he's a great player. It's a great story. He was hurt. Mm -hmm. They stuck with him. He came back. He was lights out. Uh, but you've got KCP, meaningful minutes. Uh, Aaron Gordon, meaningful minutes. Bruce Brown. Um, Bruce Brown. Michael Porter Jr. You know, uh, the white boy from, from uh, Kansas, Christian Brown. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, you've got guys like Ish Smith. You've got guys mm -hmm. like uh, DeAndre uh, Jordan. You've got guys like Jeff Green. It's a likable team. And DeAndre Jordan had to play because of foul trouble in game four. What five. I mean is not only are they not a super team, they're also really likable. And when you watch Jokic after the game, I, my mouth was wide open watching him i had to look at my wife like are you seeing this like he's not even smiling it looks like he just won a fucking pickup game the best, the when they best part the parade. exactly that's the best part i'm like no nicole it's the best part yo he's like he's like no i can't leave he's he's probably has his flight ready for as soon as that parade ends like well, if not he had it ready for like the next day no i don't think he realized they did a parade he's got a horse race in sambor serbia that he needs to go mm -hmm. to he owns like a massive fleet is that of what it is horses he's obsessed with horse racing and oh that's wow. he just likes the ponies that is lit you should it, see a picture have you seen a picture pie oh my <laughs> have you seen a picture of him riding it no oh my it's god it's like a war horse 
Both it's in a carriage? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But not like a big fucking carriage. Like a little... Oh, that's pretty interesting. Oh, they raced those. Like Lane mm-hmm. Johnson of Serbia. Well, here's the thing. And also our guy Strahinjic got major airtime the, 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 the night that I drafted him one, of one, uh, one overall in the, uh, in the fan draft, uh, the famous fan draft. This guy was picking up his little brother like he was a dick. Kyle, it kind of reminds me if I was actually bigger than you of our setup. This guy? You know? Uh, yeah, his brother. I mean, he, he picked him up. The only guy that can soften Jokic up is his big brother. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and he just, these guys were having a blast out there. Now, Jokic was pretty deadpan. And I would say this, the guy just really wants to get back to Serbia. He's got to be one of the top three Serbians of all time. <laughs> Tesla, Nikola Tesla, Mm-hmm. Djokovic. God, if I knew we were uh, Serbians today. Yeah, well, there's not really a lot after this. There's a Serbian ledge. Two is going to be uh, Djokovic, uh, the tennis player, and now Jokic. But Jokic might be more famous than any of them. You, you got Jokic one? Yeah, that's the most popular sport in that country. So he's, so he's probably country. the most popular Serbian of all time because it's the, the most global. Did you see the global. streets of Serbia at 5 a.m.? Did you the see the big, the, the big fucking uh, building in Serbia that yeah. was like... They're, they're, they, they had the big screen with like this. Yeah, uh, that was awesome. It looked like NBA Jam. Mm-hmm. It looked like old graphics. Mm-hmm. They had Jokic, uh, you know, um, balancing a, a, the, the globe on his finger, on his index yeah. finger. I also uh, love seeing Aaron Gordon walk through the streets of Denver just celebrating with the mobs of people smoking a cigar. is awesome. Let me say this about Aaron, Aaron Gordon, and I love the guy. I love, like, his career arc, the whole thing. Um, Serbian. He has Jokic now. <laughs> Because he didn't take off his game shorts for like five hours by my count. I was seeing videos of Aaron Gordon in the streets till like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. after that, really that game. That a wrench in our culture debate. Well, here's the thing about Aaron Gordon. He's got a parade to go to. Mm-hmm. You might get some, uh, some Gold Bond medicated powder, my man. One of those dry <laughs> yeah. showers. He was out there. He didn't even change his shorts. So big ups to Aaron Gordon. Big ups to the Nuggets. I think they're a really likable team. Uh, I think this is maybe the most likable NBA championship team in a while. Um, totally agree. I, yeah. Like you know, they just—they're not a super team. They play together. This is a better version market. of the when than when Giannis won, and he was like, you know, some people they buy their teams. He's like, I, you know, we build our shit. That's like the Nuggets. This this is the but honestly, this is like what Milwaukee just couldn't be, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like I, it was harder for me to like Milwaukee than it was for me to like Michelin the Nuggets. Star Milwaukee for some reason. There's no dis- unlikable player on their team. Yeah. like everybody is cool. Small markets, international players, probably a good thing for the NBA. It's a good thing. You get all the markets involved. Yeah. You got all the. You get the whole world involved. And everybody uh, was, was a lot of fun. Saying he was a stat patter, like not not the best player in the league. Just nobody had been watching Denver. Yeah, funniest shit was Lisa Salters. Like when he, she first interviewed him, he went full force Gump. He was like, uh, "I think I'll go home now." He just <laughs> he just had had enough of all this. Uh, and Jimmy Butler on the other end of things. You know, totally dejected. I feel for Jimmy Butler, and I'm not trying to walk back all this Jimmy Butler hysteria that we've been willingly involved in. But like a few years ago, my take on Jimmy Butler was great player, but not on the level of like the three, four best players in the league. And it's it was really easy to become the prisoner of the moment. You know, with the Nuggets winning, don't let um, don't let. Um, don't don't cheapen the present trying to not to be a prisoner of the moment. Like Jokic is an all-time great. But with Jimmy, it felt like we got a little bit too into being a prisoner of the moment. And and when the game was on the line, 
There was the the bad pass. I mean, he he. he, he there was the the ill-advised three-pointer. There were some games where he kind of didn't show up. The guy's a fucking warrior. Do you have a and problem? One of the most likable players in in all four major sports. Um, what it's, was your question? I was gonna ask. Do you like? Do you have a problem with the way they ended that game? Like not like fouling, not keep fouling, or like fine. you, you think fine that's fine? It. You're fine. It was over. Yeah. It, was it though? Game was over. High school. Back thing. to the gym. now. There was yeah. there was a game like game three where the the lead ballooned to like fifteen, and that was then weird. and then they took everybody out and Duncan Robinson at like three threes, mm-hmm. and they were within two three possessions yeah. before the end of that game. But here's my thing about Jimmy Butler. I was I was um, last night. I was like, who's his NFL comp? You know, like it's a Jimmy really Butler. tough question. And the first name that came to mind with me was like maybe Cam Newton. <sighs> Like wildly popular, universally revered, didn't show up on the big stage. Uh, maybe Cam got Newton close did a lot. let that ball slide around in the field. He didn't. Jump now Jimmy would have picked up that ball. Jimmy would have picked but, up that ball. But I'm trying to think of somebody who's like great, like so great, you know, like so loved, but just couldn't quite get over the hump. Um, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, maybe. Uh. I'm trying to think. I don't know. That's hard. It's a tough one. That is a tough Here's one. Here's another one that was that was in my head last night. For a while, it was Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid and Jimmy Butler. Well, you're talking about guys who yeah. were so successful. Jay Cutler. So yes. let me finish. No, not let Jay me finish Cutler. This Jay thought. Cutler. Let me finish this thought. <laughs> He's for a not second. Jay Cutler. So Andy Reid was so wildly successful, so loved by everybody, never got over the hump, and then he finally did, and then he finally did. But if Jimmy Butler got over the hump. I don't think he'd be considered one of the best players of all time. Andy Reid's one of the greatest coaches of all no, time. No, but he's one of the most loved. Yes, people. and like that's why. That's why. That's sports. why I went like Cam Newton or somebody. You know, what, when what, people what, say like when people are like, "Who could play in the NFL from the NBA?" The first guy I always think of is a guy like somebody like Jimmy Butler, like-minded, because like he's he's got that dog in him. I'm thinking about. I know that meme is out the window like six months ago, but he's got that dog. Thinking in about PJ Tucker. You know, yeah, all these guys. Uh, uh, just an app. Zach Randolph. Zebo. I don't know if Zebo has Play the athleticism tackle. to play, play in the NFL. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Kyle Lowry. No. As an inside linebacker. No small chance. Inside dude. linebacker. No chance. Yes. Russell yes, Westbrook put him at safety. Yeah. He takes but, charges. But Russell Westbrook at safety. Okay. Here's another one I was thinking about because they're, they're, you know, this is a really good time in the NBA to flash up. Five years ago, Tony, you know, six years ago, Kyrie Irving had that game six. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 years ago, Tony Parker was the MVP of the finals or whatever. Uh, who is Kyrie Irving in the NFL? Kyrie? Hmm. AB? I was going to say maybe Ricky Williams. That's good. You know, but yes. like, I, I don't, I don't think, sm- I don't equate smoking pot to Mein Kampf, but I do think like. I the, think AB, I'm stuck with stick with the AB. But he's not as unhinged as AB. But they're yeah. just both insane. <laughs> But the AB thing did cross my mind. And they were both so good, so oh, good. Like, who is who's Kyrie Lawrence Irving? Taylor? No, no, because LT's like maybe the greatest player of all time, <laughs> and he realized his potential. I, I do think like Kyrie. There's this sense that like it could have even been better. He's 30 years old now, or whatever he is. Like he's still going to be a great player. He's one of the best players I ever seen. Wait, in go person. back to Mein Kampf. He was like talking about Mein Kampf. 
Yeah, well, uh, no, that was Deshaun Jackson, but uh, it was. Uh, I, oh, I do remember the Deshaun. No, Jackson it was. Bit. He, he just has an affinity for uh, for for Nazi Germany. Hot topic. He posted a link to a documentary that had some anti-Semitic tropes. Oh, he's a film uh, reviewer. Yes, yes, Promoter. he's a film reviewer, but just misunderstood. So, who is he in the NFL? I don't know. Mike Irvin. No, dude. I don't know that there is a Pac-Man Jones. It's a hard one no. to find. Um, it could be Aaron Rodgers. Jay Cutler. Oh. Jay Cutler. It could be Aaron Rodgers. He's won a ring. Cutler. Yeah, Rodgers won a ring. So is Kyrie. Yeah. Oh, right. Kyrie right, right. was yeah. the reason. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. Kyrie was the reason in a lot of people's mind that they were able to get over the hump and win that ring. Maybe that's yeah. Dark. They both need a dark. It could retreat. be Aaron Rodgers. Not bad. It, wow. You know, independent thinkers. Don't tell you know, me I'm wrong because maybe I know. you've you've waded into some Alex Jones socials. Alex Jones, unironically. I, I think he is fucking entertaining. I don't care what uh, he says. Yeah, it's like as white noise in the background. No pun intended. He is fucking. If funny. it were satire, it'd be funny, but it's not. But to me, it is okay. satire. Yeah. Well, not I, everybody can tell what's satire these days. Uh, uh, no, seriously. <laughs> I did the Baby Gronk thing yesterday. I said Baby Gronk is like a child actor. Look at Macaulay Culkin, guy from Indiana and he Jones. Compresses them. It compresses them, the pressure. And people were like, dude, that's not how genetics work. <laughs> I had to really think about guys and be honest, am I too deadpan? <laughs> no, that guy's a fucking idiot. Can you tell I'm joking when I say some yes. of these things? Yeah. Yes. Okay. People are fucking stupid. Very Shout good. out to Macaulay Culkin's brother. Uh, oh, love it. Succession? Yeah. Roman. Yeah. Who I was like, this guy looks familiar. I Googled him. Macaulay's brother. Yeah, that's right. He's not tall either. He's a sicko. And Scottish name. The pressure of Macaulay. Kieran. Kieran. Yeah, and, Kieran. Ma and Macaulay. Kieran was feeling. <laughs> Kieran the, and Macaulay. Kieran was. Kieran was. Have you um, met my little boys? Kieran was the, uh, feeling the, um, the, uh, the pressure from Macaulay. And he got shrunk too. Yeah. So it's like the, the 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 twins who did Big Daddy. Okay. Uh, Remember the boys? Sure. Yeah, one boy was two boys. Zach and Cody. I wipe my own I, ass. I want to talk about That's the Vegas Knights. Do you know that all baby actors have to be twins because no. of child labor laws? I'm being where's, serious. Where's Justin Timberlake's twin? No. Was he a baby actor? They don't, he they don't a have Define to be twins. It's just that because of the amount of hours that you have with them, yes. most productions find it e. Full House. Like, convenient to have twins. Wow. Ashley. Uh, That's yeah. wild. Yeah. yeah. Baby's getting tired. Take the baby to his trailer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here's Let's the other one. Send the other so, baby into makeup. Yeah. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> baby was sexually harassing somebody on set. So he was just sucking titties. There was a night. woman. There was a woman at our villa. There, Chris, to go back to the Italy trip for a second. You think you you think Bill Murray's bad on set? <laughs> Speaking of Bill Murray, you know we already talked about uh, that. That's, that's fabulous. We did a whole Eskimo. That's great. Day while you were gone, I played against his son in high school. Bill Murray sat in the corner of the end zone during a game. He was just risen with the, up young with the bongo drum, and every time we someone would kick off, he would do the do. Do, 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 do. That's and, awesome. And no one knew who it was until the end of the game. They were like, That's "Yo, that awesome. was Bill Murray." You know, I, <laughs> something about being like famous as shit and just marching to the beat of your own drummer, like Bill Murray and uh, and Andre 3000. Anytime you see Andre oh 3000, God. he has some cool instrument. Bro, if I ran flute, into him, he'd be the, the number one the street, person that oh I want to run into. God, yeah. I would be like, I would be like, "Yo, this is yeah. so dope." Yeah. Okay, Vegas Knights. I want to talk hockey. Now, admittedly, <coughs> I chose the NBA playoffs over the Stanley Cup. I wish there was some way around this. Every year, I'm like, man, I'd love to be. It takes everything to follow one of those playoffs. If the Blues aren't in it, 
I'm not watching so much. Hockey's an intimidating fan fandom too. It is, and like you said, they gatekeep it. Yeah, a bit. you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Greg Wisniewski, uh, who works for ESPN, posted an article at 11:08. It was like a 30-minute read, mm-hmm. which which means Greg, <laughs> you knew the way this series was going. Probably you probably had this written up after game two. You know, like you wrote the whole thing, and then he wrote the first paragraph right after they won. But they won like nine three. They won, it was like a AFC North score last night. Um, but I learned a lot about about the uh, the Vegas Knights. I mean, like obviously they're a younger franchise, Kyle. They're they're in their sixth year. Yeah. And to credit their owner, and I'm forgetting the guy's <laughs> name, he said when they started this whole thing, playoffs in three, Stanley Cup in six. Um, and obviously, when it started the first year, they made it to the Stanley yes. Cup final. Yes. Okay. And they were 250 to one dogs. They had a bunch of old heads on the team. They were like the Indians from Major League. Yes. Well, you know, the way it works with the expansion draft, and this is why, like, Columbus or Nashville, who are recently expansion teams, could probably look at, they're probably hating, like, big hating on, big hating. on Vegas because they had, to, they had to really go uphill after the expansion draft. Um, with the Vegas Knights to incentivize Vegas to get into the, the the dance, they made it easier on them to pick up good players. You could protect less players during the expansion draft. So, like, they had a, an easier road to tow. But still, it's amazing to me that in six years, they've realized their dream. And if you look at the teams that have also done this this quickly, five of them were, were during Prohibition. There was only one other team that ever won this quickly uh, upon entering the league, and that's the Edmonton Oilers. It's your, to have Wayne Gretzky. It's your Wayne Gretzky team. <laughs> wow. And also the Oilers were part of like an older hockey federation or something, but like... Right, the AHL. Yeah, so... so it, you know, group there. You, you know, it, it's just, it's hard to believe what they've done, and when you read about the steps that they've taken, they've been really cutthroat. They they cut or traded some of their, their charter guys that were like fan favorites in Vegas. Uh, they got rid of a, a goaltender. They whacked them. They took them out yeah, they get a flurry that was controversial. They they got rid of uh, their their coach a couple years mm-hmm. ago. Um, so this uh, this owner deserves a lot of credit. Foley, is that yes, his? that's right. Bill Foley, Bill Foley? and like the GM name. deserves a lot of credit. The like the expansion draft was so weird. These other teams were all paranoid that the Knights would take somebody off of their team, so they ended up making trades with them. Like we'll trade you a draft pick, or we'll trade you this guy. And to, we won't to not take, take this it. guy. And then the all the trades ended up working out beautifully for yes. the Knights. They gained all this capital. And the previous expansion draft, it was two teams alternating picks. Yes. This one, it was just the Knights. And yeah, so they had their pick of the litter. It has the uh, it, the cap cap had an effect, too, because they had $75 million. They're starting from zero. They could sign pretty much anybody yep. from these other teams rather than the teams uh, uh, you know that they're pulling from. They had to make... Uh, they had to save some guys because of their contracts. Yep. You know, they we can't protect him even though we, he's the best player on our team because he has such a big contract. It's a fucked up situation, man, but they've made the most of it. And, you know, now I think the, the interesting part is we got all this gambling talk in the NFL. There's guys getting busted gambling. You got the Super Bowl coming up in Vegas. Nate's talked about how he thinks that's going to be a disaster. Uh, the draft has been in Vegas. And the worst uh, you've got, secret in the league is that the NBA is going to expand to Vegas. They're going to expand to Vegas. You've got two champions now in the city of Vegas, the Aces mm-hmm. and the Knights. And, uh, and and it's just like Vegas is here, gambling's here. And for Florida, once Kachuk was out, 
And his dad, um, Keith Kachuk, was, mm-hmm. a, was a legendary St. Louis Blue. Right. We share a lot of the same watering holes. I've never actually gotten drunk with him. I got drunk with uh, Brett Hall a good bit. When I was in OB Clark's, yeah, OB Clark's, yeah, we we both had the hat, you mm-hmm. know, like I've got this. O, when you see a hat that says OB on it, and I'm that's one of my favorite places in St. Louis to go get drunk, and there are a lot of great places in St. Louis to get drunk. Yep. Uh, I spotted Keith Kachuk at Matthews game wearing the OB hat, and I felt like, hey, dude, we're uh, you know, we're uh, we're part of the same tribe. And but when Kachuk went out with the sternum, and he had a sternum, which is really painful, I'll actually give it to mm-hmm. hockey players on this one. Uh, they were pretty much dead. And the Bobrovsky mm-hmm. got peppered back there, giving up nine goals. I want to shout out Petrangelo, Alex Petrangelo, who was a blue, uh, and and landed in Vegas, who, who got a, a cup. So um, putting this into context, and I think this is interesting, Vegas, you know, they didn't have to play Boston. They didn't play them at all this year. Boston won 65 games this year. It was the record in the NHL. It's the most wins ever in a regular They're season. Like the Warriors. <laughs> Like the Warriors, who won 73 games and did not win the finals. Mm. Like the Patriots, who won 16 games Eli. and did not win the Super Bowl. So I think like if you're looking to set... Was that the Tyree a, catch? Yes. If you're, if you're looking to set a regular season record, just know that you're probably not... You probably used too many wins because you're not going to win the whole thing. Slow down. You know, like slow the fuck down. I, I just, I, it's pretty interesting to me that the, the, the Bruins had such a historic season, didn't even make it out of the second round or the first round. First round. First round. Uh, you know, I've seen basketball that you've seen there. the Lightning lose to an eight seed, mm-hmm. uh, but you never seen a you know a team that that won sixty five games uh, leave that early. In that was surprising, but it playoff. does happen more often in hockey that the lower seeded team wins. And I forgot Vegas is probably going to have the Athletics there as well. Last time I watched That's hockey, true. the Avalanche they just passed was a bill good. for public funding of the stadium. What do we think about the the reverse boycott that you brought up earlier in Oakland? I love it. All these fans, like nobody's been at the A's games all year, and that way the A's are trying to pull the major league being like, oh, there's no fan support. So they all show up to be like, fuck you, there is fan support. You're just ripping our team out. I kind of feel like without knowing anything about the situation, so if you live in Oakland and you're an A's fan, I'm sorry. Sounds like they're getting credit (laughs) after the grading period. Well, it sounds like, you know, sometimes I'd play with a guy that that wouldn't bring it every play, and then, like, all of a sudden it was beautiful. It was like, you know, it's whatever 30,000 people at that stadium look like, which is probably some sort of a hazard. Uh, But, like... Like the Coliseum. The coach it always the says after that, that yeah. the coach always says after that moment, like, now you've shown me, I need that every time. Uh-huh. And so, like, I, I don't know. Did, I, I was in St. Louis supporting the Rams when they left and saw what that did to a great sports town. And that has happened to the to Oakland now three times. With When's the last time they sports. sold out, though? It's a good point, but, like, they had the best fans in the league for the Warriors, and, like, everybody's just left them. I yeah, just but that's basketball. All I'm saying is, like... That's business, baby. You know, I, I get that the 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 the, uh, the franchise is going to up and leave, and they know it, and it's impending yeah, doom. they should leave. They you got a shitty stadium. You got fans that don't pack the seats every night. Yeah, but they did the other night, though. They did. So, they, anyway, they anyways, anyways uh, what do we watch now? Baseball? Yeah. I'm gonna watch Survivor season one through season whatever. We're You're gonna binge Survivor. I've never seen. I've it. never seen it either. We should watch it together. I would love to do that. Okay, I'll start watching Survivor. Let me know so like we. I'll watch it in my house. You watch it at your house, and we like write a book report. That sounds about right. Okay. Mm-hmm. What else is there on TV this College time World year? Series. College World Series. Game Virginia one. Ball. UVA versus Rosenblatt Florida. 7 p.m. Stadium, on Friday. Omaha, Nebraska. 
So there's this like hello. There's this like Jello shot competition every year in Omaha, I guess. Yeah. Or is it like the, the you That's know? Right. It's at one bar all all late. Uh, teams are up on the board. When fans come in, they do Jello uh, Jello shot. It's up on the board. So does Oral Roberts definitely lose that? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know. They're like you can you can bet on that yeah. for sure. Everybody's team Oral though. Uh huh. Everybody's team Oral. LSU's definitely the favorite in that. LSU probably. Especially Zion. LSU, I think that like that's their whole whole food pyramid. <laughs> like the bottom is Jello shots, so they'll be fine. But Virginia will be in the mix; they'll be right in the middle, I think. Virginia's that's, usually in there. Florida is going to uh, have gonna some gonna tough. Gobble some. Yep. One trip. South Carolina is probably good again. Are they in it? Not this South year. South Carolina was a. Who are the teams that, that we have year. to contend with? I'm, I'm one opponent at a bunch time. of Tanners and Parkers down there. You yeah. know what I mean. We've got uh, Florida Oral Roberts um, on our side and TCU are the three. Uh-huh. And then on the other side of the bracket, it's Wake Forest, Stanford, LSU, and Tennessee. By the way, mm. just made contact with one Max Duggan. Mm. Uh, we get him on the show sometime. Ooh, nice. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Maybe after TCU loses to UVA. Ooh. In the, uh, semifinal. I didn't even talk any noise to the kid. Wow. <laughs> we should put a friendly bet on it. You should. Okay. That's a place that I've never been. I'd love to go watch a game or just take in the festivities. Omaha. When I was younger, I wanted Morning to Frogs. go. To, when I was younger, I wanted to go to Williamsport to the Little League World Series and like yeah. and take that in. But now I want to go to the College World Series. You know, I was going to do Denver by Willie Nelson for layup line, but I think I'll do uh, Omaha by uh, the Counting Crows. Somewhere in the middle of America, you know, maybe one year we'll go. All right. So, uh, we got a little NFL to talk about. What do we got? Reed. Well, Deandre Hopkins, he's, uh, he's been a hot news topic today. It was reported that they are close to signing him in new England. That would be so great. We've, we, we talked about this for, I feel like two months. I well, like, it's it's been a while ever since Bill and him were on the field joking. Remember, and we were like, like, "Oh, Bill I, wants DeAndre." I pray you know, this happens. This it's is really day, ironic that he would choose to go there because he was dealing with a place that was in flux from a, like a fractured he wants leadership. To win. He, well, well, here's well, the, he, hear win. me out. No, he, well, he was at a place with fractured leadership. Believe it or not, right? it's a good segue. He wants fractured leadership, and he goes to a place. And in my opinion, as an O lineman, I can see that there's fractured communication and leadership. In New England, obviously the best coach of all times there, but they're they've been, rectified that situation. But, but the they, irony they haven't is, shown it to me. Okay, if, if I'm gonna have my pick of the litter, okay. Well, the devil he knows is there, Kyle. Yeah. it's Bill O'Brien. And here's the thing about Bill O'Brien: it hasn't stopped him from taking a visit. You know, I thought maybe this would be a huge impediment for him. Bill O'Brien and him from 2014 to 2019, I think he was All Pro three times. Yeah, there didn't seem to be, to be any issues. Uh, but, but, you know, the reports came out of there that there were some really tough conversations that they had where Bill was kind of acting like an asshole. Bill's pulling him in the office and he's like, you remind me of Aaron Hernandez. I'm like, bro, like what? Like you say something like that. Like, I don't want to play was for you. Was that pre or post trial? I don't know when that was. It was pre or <laughs> probably, post. Probably post. Probably post, which makes it even worse. Like 2016, you tell me. Hey, you remind me of Aaron Hernandez and be like, I got a shot to be the best tight end of all time. Yeah. <laughs> but 2020, you're like, what? Got you. The helicopter uh, view of him at uh, Patriot Place, like, 
at his vehicle and like going into the facility. Yeah, so it's not a good thing to say like that ain't that ain't good. And, and it's also not a good thing to say like I'm not a fan of you having a bunch of kids. But it's it's, it's that, definitely that, a question mark. That's up what there, Bill O'Brien said. It's a question mark up there. I know, but supposedly that's water under the bridge. Okay. Uh, supposedly they had no relationship before. They have one now. I do think that DeAndre Hopkins, although he doesn't have as much gas left in the tank as he did a couple years ago, can be the difference between you know uh, be not being a playoff team well and sliding into the playoffs. I also think he'd look so sweet when they wear their red throwbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy's going to look so fucking cool up there <laughs> in those red throwbacks. I love this marriage. Don't go to Tennessee. Don't go to Tennessee. Can't wait for the touchdown pitcher with the little colonial men in the end zone. Yeah, with the muskets. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be Martellus big. Bennett loved finding those guys. But here's the thing I believe in Mac Jones. I'm not saying he's like a world beater, uh, but he's not getting as much credit as he probably deserves. And I think what he went through last year, the thing you alluded to, is going to be 100 times better this year. And if you add a piece like DeAndre Hopkins, you never know. So. It all comes down to when the bullets start flying, honestly. That's when you know what the leadership looks like. The musket that's, fire. That's when you know what uh, the line of communication is, yeah. who's responsible for who and what. Um, and, I, I mean, albeit the points you made about OB, if the water's under the bridge, that's great. But if you show up there and then all of a sudden week one it doesn't look like what you thought, then we find out who DeAndre is. Well, the ice is thin. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, if him and Bill get into it week three, like if it goes sour from the beginning, then it's like, fuck. And he hasn't signed there yet, so maybe yeah. we're putting him someplace that he's not going to end up, but I would love to see that. I would love there, to see that. There is some uh, precedence, right? I'm not comparing Mac Jones and DeAndre Hopkins to Randy Moss and Tom Brady, but Randy Moss, kind of in the end of his career, mm. found New England and yeah. was mm. part of one of the best offenses. Go. No question. And Randy's you, best if, year. If you look at the, the wide receivers in the AFC East, it is a lot of fun. Like a cheat code. Mm, it's a lot of fun. And that and that division is a lot of fun. So Football's fun now. I Just like we were talking about the NBA, like these I motherfuckers are so good. Let's get it on, <laughs> So dude. many good players. I actually so can't wait until football season now yeah. that basketball's yep. over. Yep, I cannot wait. Omaha first. So Saquon, New York. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a $14 million deal is on the table now, which was uh, offered to him, I think, right after the season. He declined before he was signed. And that would make him the third highest paid dude. That's right. At the position. Yep. Now, it's, 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 hard, it's hard to say, like, the running back position, people are devaluing it. I mean, every once in a while we get, like, and I get it. You can win with a running back by committee. But having a really special running back is still it's still a thing in my in my book. And you know, I was trying to compare. We were talking about this the other day, comparing um, a running back to some other trend in some other sport. It's not quite back to the basket center because those guys are kind of going by the wayside. We see guys who legitimately would be like top five picks in college these days mm-hmm. uh, if they played in the '90s would have gone way higher. Don't even get drafted now. So like that position's changed completely. If you can't run the floor. If you if you can't shoot, if you can't, you know, like that that guy running back, still running back. Mm-hmm. It's just the way we value it has changed. Yep. And I w- I would liken it more to like a shooter that you finish your you know your setup with. Like when you have all the pieces, then you add that luxury that can get you over the hump and win you a championship. And that's why I think like certain teams add a running back after they're really good and try to make that push. But like it's like the Nuggets adding KCP. Exactly. Like Nuggets know they have a championship core. They yep. just need that extra piece that can do that role. And let me tell you something. KCP hits props like nobody else. 
I was hitting all the KCP props. <laughs> I know Yankee. I love that I mean, guy. I, I want to get Laker, KCP on the show just because he seems chill as fuck, plays all the games, hits all the props. I know Lakers fans, like that 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 bugs them seeing seeing him. Hell yeah. Because KCP for the Lakers, he was he was a wobbler there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like a lot yeah. of open shots and a lot yeah. of plays where I know the Lakers wanted him to to score for I them. think Danny Green got most of that uh yeah. that 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 heat. But yeah, no, like I, I think adding a running back like Saquon. And in this situation, like you're trying to build that team where Saquon's a luxury. I mean, like you're, but at the same time, you just paid Daniel Jones. Like you need him to have that safety valve. You can't let fucking Saquon walk. I don't know what it's going to cost. I don't know if 14 is not going to be enough, but if you can work it out, you got to bring this guy back. Also, something interesting is there's a ton of running backs who are going to be up here. We got Barkley, obviously, Jacobs, Taylor, Eckler, Pollard, who's on the tag right now. Um, there's a ton of them. Uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, so, like, the market is going to be interesting to see what happens. Another thing we were talking about was, you know, at other positions, people are encouraged to take three-year deals to reset the market quicker. But, like, you can't even get these guys on long-term deals right now as it is. So, yeah. like, a three-year deal would be great, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's a tough deal, and I think it all stems back to Zeke Elliott. I mean, it's all – that like, Zeke Elliott and – the Cowboys. I don't want to blame Zeke. One guy. The Cowboys ruined this thing for all these running backs because that's when I feel like it really heated up and everybody was like, "Yeah, you don't pay running backs." Speaking of derailing a train, did you see the the India accident where the tra- there was a really bad, horrifying accident in, in India? Did you know that it was caused by people that just shit out on the tracks? Like no way. Poop. No way. Yeah, like it, like slippery poop. Like no, not- like it turns into concrete in the sun, and then like a train like is derailed by shit. Because of poop, you should research this. It's a hundred percent. How many fatalities? There was There's like four hundred. Okay, well that's a downer. Well, keep that in perspective, Saquon. It's not like you're on a train that derailed because there Don't was a pile of shit tracks. on the tracks. Like you're just a running back. You're gonna make fourteen million Shitting this on year. train tracks. You're going to make $14 million dollars this year. responsible for the derailment of training. Sure, you yeah. feel like it's not fair, but at least you're not at least you're not upside down in an Indian Amtrak. But that's in. real. That's not even like that's No, not. I know it's real, Kyle. And I don't think you made picture, that up. The picture on the article was just a dude with his pants around his ankle squatted on the tracks in the sun. Just Jeez shooting. Louise, that's what Zeke did to the running back market. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. Speaking of derailment. Okay. Okay, well, that's not good, Kyle. A lot of people oh. perished. Poop. All right. So, anyways, <laughs> that's poop. Okay. So, anyways, uh, yeah, Saquon. I'm all for paying Saquon. I'm all for keeping Saquon around. Like, I think he's special, man. I, I always say this. Like, when we played the Giants on Thursday night, I think it was we beat them up in New York in 2018. Huh. And I was, I had like a front seat view of one of the greatest screen passes I ever saw caught. I was the guy who was chasing him, trying to decide between, like, do I chase him directly or do I try to take an angle? And I'm watching all these guys like it was Madden missing him. Like, all my teammates were in the Madden like commercial. Like the Michael Vick National Championship. It was ugly, like dude. ACLs, it was it was ACLs. ugly. I was just thankful that I was bringing up the rear trying to catch this motherfucker because if we were face up, he definitely would have made me fall. Do you remember that interview that Vic did when they were talking about the National Championship? He was like, you know, they, we played on turf. It wasn't my decision to play yeah. on turf. He was like, I felt bad for these guys because they were out there trying hard, but you know, I I, I could just hear their ACLs when I was. <laughs> you could hear, you could you hear gotta, their ACLs. You gotta hear him talk about yeah, this. Yeah. He was like, you could, I could just, has, has. I heard like. Speaking of ACLs, DeAndre Hopkins took uh, what was it? Uh, Who's yep, Achilles? Yep. We just talked about that. I uh, it was. I worked uh, with him. The Brad, corner. Virginia Tech. Yeah. Angela Hall. Angela Hall. 
Good guy. Uh, great guy. But, you know, that day. I, you know, yeah. I fear God. So, anyways, the point is, I, I think the God. guy the guy's special. You look at plays like that play at Tennessee at the end of the, the game last year where he's just willing his way into the end zone. Uh-huh. You look at those screen, screen passes, the way you can get involved in the passing game. Uh, I don't think he's a great pass protector. He's kind of... But but everything else, he's he's awesome, and um, he's a great kid. He's a leader. Look at the way he's addressed this thing. Guys like him, you know, he's done a great job of just. I'm going to continue to do the work, but I'd like to be paid, sir. And eventually, I hope he gets paid here. Yeah. And how much better does he make Daniel Jones? Like, how important was there's Saquon so, and Daniel Jones? There's so, many, there's so many things you can do pre-snap and post-snap if you have a great running back who has a skill set that he does. There's nothing the defense can prepare for. Because you have so many options with a guy like Saquon. In the passing game, what does Daniel Jones do? It's it's short passes. And he can extend the pocket with his legs, and that's really... You know, hitting Saquon on an angle route is a fucking great tool to have in the toolbox, especially yeah. for a guy who wants to get the ball out with timing. And if, uh, they, you know, if they do get the coverage right, if there's four guys who are blanketed, Saquon can bluff release on a block and then be available for a screen play. The, the read game... You know, you've got a you've got a you've got an athletic quarterback. I know Which he doesn't look like he looks a like a guy play. in a Dockers ad, but he runs like, you know, yeah, he's great. Somebody else. Yeah. And uh and Saquon having a dynamic running back in that read option is great too. So like there's just so many reasons why you pay Saquon Barkley. Also as a lineman, I'm sure you guys are thinking about like man, I got not only do I have to be in the right gap, I have to be present in mind to make a tackle. Well, he's a great cutback runner. You can't you can't I don't you know, want to overcommit and I don't want like to it's a head game. He's a one-cut guy where where he can bounce a ball from the A gap to, you know, he can challenge that corner he's who's down. on wrapping up. That's what I would say. I wouldn't wait for my the cavalry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't <laughs> be worried about trying to knock the ball free yep, or yep. anything like that. Just yep. tackle him and make sure he's on the ground. Yep. It's like a fucking hippo hunt. The last NFL topic we want to hit, we're going to go uh, north. Minnesota Vikings. Uh, changing their roster a lot this offseason. It's official. I'm betting the under. This morning, I've been flirting Skull. with this. I was talking about it a couple weeks ago. Everybody's like, Vikings won 13 games last year. They won 13 games by a combined total of 1.7 one points. One Justin Jefferson. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, just by one Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Bro, when I tell you, when they covered against the Bills, that was an all-time cover for me. I got a tip that Josh Allen wasn't going to play. Yeah. I put like a Hyundai on the fucking uh, on the Vikings. We go to Vegas. The whole thing. I've given this bet out to like three of my closest friends. I They're all like, too much money on it. <laughs> you better be right. I'm like, yeah, I got good sources. Josh Allen trots out of the fucking with his UCL looking great. Like immediately, he's making plays. He had the Bills jump on. out. We're in Vegas. I'm at the win. Uh, the ending of that game was one of the best endings of an NFL game, depending on how you were looking at it. Of all time, there was fourth and 17. There was the fumble at the goal line. The whole thing, dude. I have chills thinking about that game. You had but, Sam Bradford just walking around saying, this is why I don't do this. This is why I bet on horses. <laughs> this is why I bet the ponies. But I want to be strapped in for the whole ride, and that was a great ride. The thing about the Vikings is I've been betting their win total one way or another since I got out of the league, and I have never fucked one up. And I am... Really close to betting under eight and a half wins. I was really close. I'm over the line. Eight days ago, Bill Barnwell laid it out. He had a big article about why you should be, you know, wary of the Vikings in year two. Historically, all this stuff. Um, you know, you also look at what they've done this offseason. You talk about Kendricks gone, Big Z gone, uh, ton of players, Dalvin Cook. This morning, I wake up and they're talking about. 
getting rid of Daniil Hunter. And uh, the guy's got 71 sacks in six and a half years. He's a freaking beast. I remember when he got in the league and people were like, he doesn't know what he's doing right now, but he's going to be so good. He's historically skilled. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just he plays in Minnesota and he's not like some big, big personality. So people don't really know much about him, but he could be coming to a stadium near you and the Vikings look like they are. I'm not saying tanking. I'm not saying packing it in. I don't want to say that because I don't want to say resetting. Because Rams fans are still emotional as fuck, uh, the ones that listen to the show, about me saying that I think the Rams should be rebuilding a little bit. I'm sorry, that's how I feel. Yeah. You know, and I feel the same way about the Vikings. Like It was no surprise when we were saying that they sold their soul to get a Super Bowl. Now it's like, no shit, you got to rebuild. If you ask a Vikings fan, are you rebuilding this year or are you taking a step back? They'd say no. But if then if you ask You know how much fresh water we have? But but then if you ask them, how long is Kirk Cousins going to be your quarterback? They'd be like, well, not long. Well, how's that going to work? He's going to set know, every record in your fucking... And then he's going to be gone? Like, no, here's the thing that's going to happen this year. You guys are going to win eight games, uh, maybe less, and then you're going to try to draft the fucking kid from USC, but eight games is not going to do it. So I hope you, you do a much All better... I'm worried about how many away games are going to win, because that's when we get to see the chained-up Kirk Cousins. Mm, I don't think we're going to see as many chains this year. So that's all I'm saying. It's like I've been flirting with this this under win total, and I think I, I might I might roll with it. I might roll with it. Kyle, by the way, Chris Jones is not at minicamp today. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um, <laughs> Chris Jones, he kind of just does what he wants. Well, he wants more money, and so maybe I'm wondering, is he the guy that was betting $8 million uh, no. last year? Matt brought this up earlier. He said that there's a report that one NFL player lost $8 million last year. And you know what I love? I didn't do that. And yeah, I can tell my yes. wife, like, it's not that bad. You see what one NFL player lost? What's amazing to me, though, like, if you go and look at your <laughs> gambling, like, let's say you lost maybe $400 or $1,400 in the year. Yeah. You might have bet, like, $4,000, 5000 There was ask, a time where I had that moment, and I was like, wow. Let me ask you guys this. For this player's wife and or girlfriend, what's worse, to find this out? Or to find out that he cheated, or like like he had a situation. I think like it depends on the wife or girlfriend. Mm. You know, <laughs> some people have one. What the position do you think that this person played? I think this. So here's you my have, short list of, of has, candidates. Okay, has to be has to be a, has to be somebody paid. Yeah, has to be has a, to be a corner. Has to be a quarterback. Yep. Has to be an offensive tackle, or has to be a, a defensive, defensive end. end. A defensive. Could be okay. a receiver. It could be a receiver. Be a okay, receiver. here's my little so list. Here's my thing. Or somebody throws a lot of interceptions. Reckless. It's risk adverse. <laughs> like Davis Mills or Dak, they were at the top of my list. They threw like 15 interceptions apiece last year. So yeah. wait, wait. So this is someone bet lost eight million dollars betting on the NFL? No, 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 no. Just no, in just, general, just, just in general, like high general. stakes poker, whatever it is. You got to think about where, where these people are from. Like you know. Uh, okay, I don't so want to make I'll, it a race thing, but it might be a black guy. Would, <laughs> <laughs> why? Because you think? Because I see black guys in the casino. I mean, gambling. You like, think white guys a lot, a yeah, of money. You yeah, think white do. guys don't go on tilt? Oh. Have you ever seen me at the end of a night when I've guys? Have you ever seen me on a Sunday night where yes, where yes. like I'm down? But for some yes. reason, I feel like white guys they can uh, maybe they can have self control oh, for fuck the it, I'm walking off for the for the half a year. It's not called self control. We just don't get paid as much, so we don't have eight million to blow at the fucking poker table. You know what I'm saying? That's maybe true. That okay, so I'm looking at the the highest paid Personally players speaking. here, uh, and there was none of what you just said was involved in it, but like. Patrick Mahomes seems like a guy who might like to like to you know 
Mahomes, bet some baseball. Uh, he's a competitor. Uh, I don't know if he's betting baseball. I don't but know that's what I mean. So competitive, like competitive people gamble. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You're no, looking at one of the I, I don't know. biggest I, Andy, DJs in Charlotte. Andy has a fall guy. He could say it was his brother. No, I, I don't know if it's him. I mean, it could be like uh, when I think gambling, and I'm not a big gambler, I imagine going to like uh, the – Whatever the best casino is, like high stakes. Like no need. James Bond room in Vegas. No, 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 no. Here's what I'm looking think at. Think about those games. It's like you lose eight hands and now you're a million. You're Here's what I'm down. thinking about. It's not even real money. I don't have chips. I don't have cash. I don't have to go give my credit card to the person in the cage. Mm. It's right here on my phone, and I can bet the Lakers every night. That that's what I think see, about. That's how I think this money was lost. Ah, uh, see, I think it's and I've and maybe in some casinos too. I've heard it cards. in casinos. I but haven't heard it in that way. I, I think I think there's some sports betting involved here. Okay, definitely. And one thing to keep in mind is that since this is public information, it had to come from a public book. So that player would need to live in a state where gambling is legal. Oh, that's legal, quite interesting. Which is why I think it's Kyler Murray. They recently legalized oh, gambling oh, in Arizona. Oh, my goodness. He had a lot of time off. He's known to love, t- like, gaming and stuff, and gambling's kind of adjacent to that. Yeah, it's like opening crates. Oh. You can't break the pocket and just run around for 30 seconds when you when you owe somebody $100,000. That's a good you know, theory. Like you, so I, I have uh, Mahomes on the list. I have Lamar on the list, you know? Uh, Lamar was hurt last year a little bit. Maybe he's at home, and he's like, I like the Nuggets. Legal gambling there. You know? Um, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, I don't know, man. I don't think as a Mormon you're supposed to do that. Maybe he was on his. They can't uh, even drink. They 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 can't even do like. Uh, what do they, they call that in uh, Amish culture? How they can't do wa- <laughs> they, they can't do water Rumspringa. sports? How they can't do water sports on Sunday? Yeah, but he was you on Rumspringa, gamble? Dad. No, that's oh, yeah. that's the Amish, and we have Mormon joke. <laughs> okay, okay, Kyle. Tyreek. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. Uh, no, he's a, he's a so do you think this game. is going to come out like like someone saying they didn't know? Like, obviously, like if you're betting this much or you're just like, you just don't give a fuck. It's uh, a DB, bro. It's, okay. it's got to yeah, be, be, be a DB. It might be a DB. It's got to be a DB. Like, it's I like know, a D- but, but is it like, but like still, whoever it is, is this just like a oh, lack oh, of oh. knowledge or just like a, I don't give a fuck? <laughs> I think like, it's, I like I think bet, it's both of them. Or I'm just that addicted. I think it's like, both of All right. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna fight you with my friends.